All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Good morning, Vietnam! I'm just kidding. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves, the season finale. Just kidding. Maybe? No. Episode 17, season four. How's everyone doing? Tim, Sam? Doing great. Doing awesome. Unbelievable. I'm doing great, too. Other than I shoveled my driveway twice today, and there's probably still a foot of snow on it because we're just getting blasted with polar vortex coming from the north. We're just getting killed with snow. And it's November 12th today. All I keep thinking is I could have moved anywhere in the world, and I moved to northern <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> what a dream. It's God's country. It's there great. it is. I will s- battle through the snow. Just to experience the beautiful summer here. It is it's pretty special. I like seasons. I got the kids skis yesterday, so we're all set. We're good to go. But yes, it is a lot of snow right now. It's insane how much snow there's on the ground. Yeah. So if you're in a part of the country that does not have snow, good for you. Because here we are just getting buried in it. All right. Should we start with the elephants in the hockey world room? Let's do it. Don Cherry made some comments on Coach's Corner last week. He was going on one of his one of his rants, and I don't know what his exact quote was, but the term everyone is upset about is he used, these people don't support the vets. And everybody focused in on that part of his um, rant, these people. What did he mean by these people? I'm not Don Cherry. I don't. I'm not going to try to be John, Don Cherry or guess. I'm just going to talk about how I see everything. I have a vet here. Sam's a vet. We, we can speak to him. Um, do you get offended? And you're not from Canada. In Canada, everyone buys a poppy and puts it on their little pal, their jacket, because of the famous poem, uh, Flanders Field, World War II poem, World War I poem, excuse me. Uh, the poppies were growing between the crosses. It's a very, very famous, very... I, I read it to my kids yesterday after this whole thing happened. It's very famous in Canada. Anyways, do you feel slighted on Remembrance Day when people don't acknowledge it? Not at all. Not at all. I, I got paid while I was in the army. It was yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a job. Um, and at the same time, it's not everybody's necessity to support the troops. Quote. Um, that's part of the reason that we have a constitution. It's your right not to. But it is definitely appreciated when someone says something. They go out of their way to say something. 
it, it's definitely appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a – I think people just forget what people did for us to have the liberties and the freedoms that we have here in North America because, honestly, we are the greatest country in the world, Canada and USA, honestly. We have immense freedoms. We can do whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. For the most part, it's changing these days. You can say something and just get lambasted. And that brings me to Don Cherry. Do you think he deserved to be fired, Tim? I'll say yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I agree he deserved to be fired. I think he he stepped over the line too far. I This is my own opinion. I'm not speaking for Tim or Sam. I don't think he meant to offend anybody. I grew up watching Don Cherry every week. So this is this is very difficult for me. And it's probably this way for a lot of Canadians. He was a staple in your household every week. You watched Hockey Night in Canada. You waited for the intermission to see Don. He was a highlight of the week. And you hung on every word he had to say. So it's tough for me to see him. And you, and you could see it for the last five, six years. He's been slipping a little bit. But it's still Don Cherry. Like, I used to get Rock'em Sock'em hockey every every year for Christmas. I loved it. I loved the guy. I loved the guy. When I met him for the first time, it was almost like meeting a superhero, where this is Don Cherry. I grew up idolizing this guy. So to have this happen to him, it's very strange. I want to defend him. I want to go to bat for him just because I love this guy so much. When I was going through my whole All-Star Game thing, he was one of the few guys who stuck up for me. He went to bat for me. He said, what you people are doing in the media, again, with the you people, <laughs> but he did say it. That's just how he talks. He said, you people are dragging this kid through the mud, and he's he doesn't deserve it. And in my heart of hearts, I truly believe he wasn't trying to be hateful. He really does support the troops. He's done it his whole life, and he was just sad that they weren't getting the recognition or support that he felt they deserved. And he's big into the military. He always does events throughout the year. He travels all over the country and the world. He's done stuff overseas with the troops, and he just had a bad choice of words. That's how I truly, that's how I truly feel. I could be wrong. Maybe he was kind of directing it towards a group. I don't know, but I would just kind of like to – I would like to think otherwise. I just think he was pissed. He liked to see the poppy. He wanted to see it more, and he just chose the wrong words. I don't know. So even with, even having said all that, you do believe that he deserved to be fired based on what his remarks? Words hurt. Yeah. And words, especially for a guy like him, they hold a lot of weight. He has a position in the hockey world, and he was awarded the Canadian Medal of something, where he's like a big deal in Canada. And it's almost like being knighted in Britain, where he was, like, knighted in Canada. He's, like, consistently voted one of the top 100 most influential people in hockey. He has a responsibility to watch what he's saying. So I do think he deserves to be fired. So it's it's hard for me to say that because I just – I love the guy. It's a very, very strange situation. But, yeah. If you offend people and people take your words the wrong way, it's just – and it's not like this is his – it's not his first, you know, kind of rub rub in with kind of people not liking what he says. So, I don't know. And the culture we're in today, people just jumped all over it. 
Well, in, in a way, this has kind of felt inevitable, right? Because yeah. not the first time he's been in the news, not the first time he's made divisive remarks. And I don't know that this remark on its own would have been grounds for firing, but it's sort of like it's it's in the context of everything else that he said. He's sort of he's probably already on thin ice, and I think it was just the wrong thing he said at the wrong time. On top of his, um, like I said, already thin ice. It just it was bound to happen. Yeah, the sports nets, they're brass. I I do have a little inside information, and they. They didn't care for Don too much. They think he held a lot of power. And when the whole Hockey Night in Canada thing switched from CBC to Sportsnet, there was a rift there where Don wanted his segment to be the same and, you know, do it his way, and they kind of bumped heads. And it it doesn't surprise me that I got fired. Um, it also saddens me. So I don't know. I, I don't want to just dwell on it. I think he was good for hockey. He was a staple in people's houses for how mo- I don't know how many years. Decades. Decades. He's 85. It's a sad way for him to go, but, you know, I love the guy. I think he was great. What's interesting is he's since stood by his remarks. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't apologized. Um, he was interviewed by someone of uh, the Toronto Sun. Is that their paper? Yep. said, I know what I said and I meant it. Everybody in Canada should wear a poppy to honor our fallen soldiers. And said that his words were not racial or bigoted, but patriotic and respectful for the troops. I think he's telling the truth. Yeah. I agree. He should not apologize if he didn't mean it. In a, if anything, he should apologize if it hurt someone's feelings. But he, like I said before, and I hadn't hadn't heard that quote. He he honestly didn't have hate for one particular group when he said that comment. I think he just didn't like people not wearing poppies, and <laughs> he's very passionate about people wearing poppies. So. It is what it is. Certainly. Is there any part of you that thinks that maybe this is a little bit of cancel culture, just kind of showing its ugly head a little bit, and people just jumping on whatever's hot to be upset about? And then right now it's Don Cherry. And yeah. People well, have no idea who he is are tweeting about him. You know, it's and his the remarks. PC culture. And, and there was just something that came out from Barack Obama talking about cancel culture, and he said like sometimes really great people make mistakes. Every human has a flaw. Into cancel them out after one little thing is not acceptable yeah and it's sad there there are people who that's it seems like that's their sole mission is to just as someone slips up a little bit they jump all over them and they just it's their goal to just spew evil and hatred and just make people's lives miserable and it happened to me it's happened to me a few times where i've said something and people you know take it the wrong way or I say something that I didn't mean and they just jump all over it. It's just, it's crazy. It's a very negative culture you live in. Instead of giving people the benefit of the doubt or trying to teach people like, hey, Don, you can't, like, that's, you can't say that. We know you didn't mean it. Let's learn from it and move on. They just go full, like, from zero to 11. And like, let's, let's kill this guy. Let's string him up. Like, this is, it's just unbelievable. And right, like, obviously Don has a different, history because he has had these issues in the past and you know there there's a little bit more there but a lot of the times it's like man this guy slipped up once and then they're just like it's crazy but yeah that cancel culture it's so pc it's so soft it's like uh i don't like that we've talked about that many many times and it's an issue but i don't know what are you gonna do so you said you have some inside sources are you are you aware if you're on a short list to replace him as the as the guy that is an interesting question because what do you do with coach's corner do you keep it going 
the name itself is synonymous with Don Cherry. I don't think you can keep Coach's Corner going. The show has to be just gone. It has to. You can't just have someone in there next week and be like, oh, I'm, I'm the new Don Cherry. I'm the new Coach's Corner host. No, you got to get rid of Coach's Corner. you got to start from, start from new. And I do not envy the guy who gets that job. It is, they are just going to be comparing him to Don forever. And you can't, be, you, you can't compare yourself to Don. He did it so well for so long. And, man, no, but I, there has been rumblings of me <laughs> doing it. And I would be honored to do it. I think it would be super fun. And I, I would love it. But we'll see, Tim. I don't want to give too much away. We'll have to get a studio in Traverse City with some green screen, though. I don't think you're going to Toronto every week, are you? Never. Never, ever, ever. I'll do it from here. I, I could commute every couple days or every week or once a month. I don't know. Make we'll it see. happen. If Sportsnet... Yeah, we, let's just... I, there has been some text messages with people in the Sportsnet world. Just, I'll just leave it at that. You heard it here first. You did. You heard it here right from the horse's mouth, myself. So, anyways... um. All the best to Don Cherry. Guy served hockey for decades. And let's not forget about all the good things he did, all the great interviews, all the just videos that he put out, the rock'em sock'ems. Like, he legit was the face of hockey for so long. And I think just to dwell on one slip of the tongue, we can't do that. Anyways, walk off in the sunset, Don? I don't know. Moving on. Uh, did you see the Feligno hit? <laughs> I did see it. So Lou Feligno's son, <laughs> Nick Feligno. You're showing your age, John. What? What? Why? Nothing. All right, so Nick Feligno, he hit, caught someone. Stop saying Feligno. Why? Feligno. I played with his brother, Marcus Feligno, in <laughs> Buffalo. Good, Good kids. I actually did an event with their dad. I can't remember his first name, Mr. Fligno. I don't know his first name. <laughs> but anyway, so... Classic dad name, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Fligno. Um, so who did Fligno hit? I, I don't know what... Someone on the avalanche. I didn't, s- yeah. I didn't see who it he was, hit. Uh, Belmar. Belmar. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so Fligno picks his head clean. Elbow, first point of contact, right to the jaw. Obvious penalty. Obvious suspension. The commentators knew it. Everybody knew it. Everyone, I, I look at the hit, and I'm just like, man, that hit is very similar to a hit. I've seen this one before. I have seen a similar one to this. <laughs> it's very similar to my hit on Erickson, but not my hit was not nearly as bad, and I'll stick by that. I did hit Erickson's head, but I also hit his hip, his shoulder, his body. I hit his head because I was taller. Feligno elevates and picks his head with his elbow. And that's the first point of contact. So, if Feligno does have a history as well, right? He's been suspended before. My hit on Erickson was my first first offense. Feligno, I got seven games. Seven games. First offense, I'd never been fined. I'd never even been talked to by the league. How many games do you think Feligno gets? This is his probably third or fourth offense. I don't think so. Oh, for sure. He's been suspended before? I believe he has, yes. He's been fined or suspended. I guarantee it. Okay. Those Feligno's are dirty players. <laughs> Stop <laughs> saying Feligno. So, how many games do you think Feligno gets? 
If I got seven and my hit wasn't nearly as bad, and my hit was a first defense, 25. I mean, based on that logic, like at least 10, but I don't know. At least know if... 10. 15? Yeah. He got, he got three, right? Three games! Three games. Three games. You believe that? You believe that trash? Who's running this thing? Gary? <laughs> Gary well, Bettman runs it. You got to think this is uh, different players, different reputations. You and Nick, uh, Nick Foligno. 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 That is that is the issue, and that should that is my one of my biggest pickles. The type of player should not factor in to the length of the suspension. It should be a you should honestly put um, a little whiteout eraser on the the name on the back of the jersey, the face, so no one knows who's making the hit to do your suspensions. It should not factor into anything. But no, it's Fligno. He's the captain. His dad, Mr. Fligno, was super famous. He's probably buddies with Bettman. Let's give him three games. Joke. I don't like it. Well, the problem is, too, like a lot of people can't distinguish like the big bully who beats people up in like clean fights versus like playing the game hard and dirty. You know, like so if you have someone like they, they're used to seeing you on video just pummeling players and they associate with the guy that with a guy who hurts players on the ice. Right. Yeah. That's totally different from playing the clean the game clean, you know, between the fights, between the whistles. Yeah. Yeah, I know there is the baggage that comes along with being a fighter, but Feligno fights. I guess he scores a couple more goals than I do. But anyways, I was upset when I saw that three games. I was like, man, another another time the man just gets it wrong. And I thought Georgie was going to do good in there. He's an ex, ex-fighter, but I don't think he's really calling the shots. I just think he's just someone's pulling the strings from a little bit higher up. That's how I think it is. And I got in, inside intel on that as well. I do a lot of alumni events, and I've heard from older players how Gary runs everything. And the player safety guys, the everybody else doesn't do anything. Gary just decides everything because he just he just knows knows about hockey so much. Looks like I'm not getting that Sportsnet job because <laughs> Gary runs that ship as well. There's no way he'd allow that. No, there's no way he would allow it, which is good. I don't want to I don't want to work for that tyrant, that dictator, <laughs> the communist. Probably, probably. We'll see. Anyways. Evander Kane. Yeah. My guy. My man. He just keeps giving us content every my week. My man. There's always something to talk about. So last week we do our podcast. The next morning I wake up and he's getting sued by the Cosmopolitan for 500K <laughs> for unpaid markers. Unbelievable. It's so great. It's so incredibly great. I just I woke up. Just to put a big smile on my face. I could not have been happier. That tweet you sent out had me like crying laughing. That's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh, he is just panicking for Reeves right now. It's oh, it's so great. It's so, so funny. Okay, there's a lot of layers to this. There's a lot of things happening. First of all, the markers. Have you ever been to a casino, you guys? Yes. Yeah. So you're aware of markers and how they work? Not really. I'm not. The way it works is... The casino knows you got some do-re-mi in the bank. So if you're at the table, you're having a good time, you start off with your own money, ten grand. you lose it. The casino doesn't want you to walk away from the table to go to the ATM. They don't want to risk losing you, getting distracted, saying, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. 
So they make it very easy for you to get money. They'll say, you know what? It's almost like taking a tab at a bar. We'll give you 40, 50 grand. You pay us back when you're done. They want to keep you at that table as long as they can. So they, they offered him a marker. They said, you're good for it. He's probably been there before. What do you want, Evander? He's probably like 10. Loses the 10. Probably gets a, you know, maybe he's had a couple to drink. He's like, I need to make it back. How do you make things back? You double down. <laughs> Give me 50. Next thing you know, the 50's gone. He's probably got a crowd around him. He's got a little bit of an ego. Give me 50 more. Next thing you know, he's down two, three, four, five hundred grand. That's a lot of that's a lot of money. Like, that's crazy. It is a lot of money. Yeah. That's like huh. so he gets up the table, gets gets up from the table, he's probably not in a great mood, and he leaves. You think this ha- what this is this probably happened in the summer, right? You'd think? When he's got time Most off. Likely, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Between games three and four. <laughs> I didn't see that. Of the Western Conference Final. No way. Between games three and four. Did they win that series, John? San Jose? No. Hmm. Between games three and four. Hmm. Unbelievable. Isn't that wild? That you want your guy who you're paying all this money, you picked him up at the trade deadline, he's gambling at the <laughs> casino on his off day. Like, that's crazy During to me. the playoffs. That's During insane. the playoffs. Like, isn't that bizarre? And that just, it just further solidifies my thoughts on Evander Kane. He's not a team guy. He puts himself first. He could care less about the team, honestly. Never met the guy. Outside observer. It's not a good look for Evander. I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. He, this guy is in so much hot water. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to find out what he does this week that we can talk about next week. I know. It's every week it's something this right week now. This week on Evander Kane. Yeah. Do you think, okay, do you think he has to address this? Because he hasn't said anything yet. There's been no follow-up that I've seen. No. Nope. Like, what does he say in the locker room? Sorry, fellas. Another distraction from an old Kane daddy. They're, <laughs> they're all, like, they're struggling. They're arguably the worst place team in the Pacific. Like them and the Kings are just terrible. He had the, the beef with Reeves. Yep. Now he's got this money thing in the Cosmo and it's only like, we're, we're not even a, two months into the season. It's bizarre. They have the third to worst record. Only Minnesota and LA are worse. <sighs> it's, uh, it's crazy. And this is not helping. No, this does not help. So I, <laughs> I think it's great. His head is everywhere, but hockey. Yeah. It's maybe this is good for him. Maybe it's just like a, a little slap on the wrist, like focus, like let's go, stop with all the shenanigans. He's a good hockey player. Do you think like the guys on the ice are going to be tripping him relentlessly oh, now? His opponents so bad. You need a loan, Evander. <laughs> you need some help, buddy. You know you don't double down when you got twelve. <laughs> Stuff like that. Oh yeah, the guys will be all over him. That's because funny. it's just ridiculous. Especially you got money in the bank, just pay it. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just spent it all. I don't know. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who really is saving his money. It's got to be frustrating for a guy like Jumbo, right? Who's 40 years old. He's like such a uh, just supreme professional. He wants to win. He's trying to stay in there to win. His team's struggling, and he's watching this guy just in the, in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Oh, he's going to be. Yeah. He is probably just biting his tongue. No, he, he probably said something in the room. 
But yeah, that and then for Patty to come back and it's tough for Cooch. This is his first year as captain. Yeah. Like they are just a train wreck right now. It is just a train wreck over there. And I don't know what what they could do to fix it. Carlson's playing like garbage. It's just I don't know. It's a bad scene over there. We're going to talk to their uh, writer in a couple yes. weeks, Dan, Dan Rusinowski. So we'll get the inside scoop from him because it is just not good. I can only imagine the room over there. The interesting is, I mean, the players are performing well. Hurdle's a point-per-game guy. Burns is putting up 16 points. Evander Kane's got 10 goals, but they're all drop 9, drop 11, drop 10, drop 6, what drop 11. What drop? Just say negative, minus. Minus. It's unbelievable. Carlson, negative, negative 11. LeBanc, negative 15. It's just... Their defense. Yeah. Their defensive systems are not where they should be. And their goalie. Jones has been subpar. Dell has been awful. And we, we've been saying that all along for years about this team. If Jones plays, lights out in the way he should, like a normal NHL goaltender, they're a good team. If not, they're not. Right now, he's got 331 GAA, and save percentage is .888. Oof. That is that yucky. Hurts. That hurts. That's barely a backup number. Those like, are you yucky want numbers. That, yeah. God. Speaking of backups, um, Hutchison just got waved, sent yep. down. The Leafs. Tyson Berry. Uh, I knew you were going to bring that up. Just getting their goalies fired. It's unbelievable. Tyson's having a struggle, rough year. I don't want to get get into that, but I don't know. Interesting week. So stay tuned for more of Andrew Kane stories next week. Next <laughs> up, we're talking to Pete Blackburn. Yeah, we bring him up in a second. Just oh, sorry. real quick on the goalies, though. Yeah, yeah. Staylock having a great season right now. I know. He's got all of Minnesota's wins. Yeah, and he's got uh, like his goal against is like half of what Dude Nix is right now. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Al, like he is a really good goalie. He'll let in the odd soft one here and there, but he plays the puck above above par, and he's really, really good goalie. I would love if they just gave him the reins for like five, six games in a row and see how he does because he's a good goalie. I could see a team like Minnesota taking a flyer on – or, excuse me, Toronto taking a flyer on him. Maybe. He's got a decent contract, and he would be good. He better uh, – well, Toronto, they're so bad on defense. They just – I saw a stat where they – that kid who got sent down, what was it, Hutchinson or whatever, goal, Halibut yeah. or whatever, they, he was facing 12 to 20 grade-A shots against every game. Like, that's insane. What's a grade-A shot? Um, From the house, like, t- within 10 feet of the net. And scoring chance. Scoring chance. Yeah. But then Anderson was only seeing, like, six to eight. Oh, wow. So whenever the backup gets in there, they just totally shut it down for some reason. But anyway, so we'll talk about that another day. Marner's also out for four weeks with an injury, too. Good. Leaves. Good contract, please. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Pete Blackburn coming up next. Very interesting interview. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Yeah, funny guy. All right, everybody. I will see you next week. Cheers. This episode of Dropping the Gloves is brought to you by – I'm actually excited for this one. It's brought to you by CoolHockey.com. I have actually ordered some jerseys from them because – when my career ended, I couldn't get a jersey for the life of me. So whenever I need a Scott jersey for a charity or something, I go to CoolHockey.com. So it's cool we're pairing up with them. So, hey, anyways, go to CoolHockey.com. They've been selling jerseys since 1999. Everything is done in-house, all the names on the back, all the numbers. They don't ship it out to somebody else. So you get your jerseys fast, and they're honestly a better quality. The customization is approved by the NHL. Every year, so you're not getting knockoffs, you're not getting outdated stuff, all the colors, all the logos, everything on the shoulders, everything is up to date. So you're getting legit, 
up-to-date jerseys that the players wear. So if you want a jersey for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for anything, hockey season is in full swing, you got to get some new swag, go to coolhockey.com. Use promo code JohnScott20, and you get 20% off all of their Adidas jerseys. Isn't that crazy? So coolhockey.com, use promo code JohnScott20, and get 20% off Adidas jerseys, and you'll help this guy out a little bit. So get some jerseys. You'll be looking good for the new year. Well, everybody, this is exciting. Our first, we're interviewing a writer. More specifically, one of the more well-known writers in the NHL, Pete Blackburn, follows all New England sports, I believe, all Boston area sports, but in our purposes, more specifically, the Bruins. So, Pete, good to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm the first writer on this show? Yeah, the first That's one. That's amazing. It's an, yeah, you should be honored. I am. You guys could have shot a lot higher than me, like physically uh, much taller guest for your first writer and also just bigger, but I'm very, very honored. Thank you for yeah, having speaking me. Speaking of physically, everyone was just going nuts about how short you are and I, I've never met you in person. So what, what are you tipping the, the height scales at? Uh, a, a, a very luxurious five and a half feet tall. What? Yes, I'm a compact. Uh, I'm a compact fellow over here. That's your voice is so deep, though. Yeah. So I mean, that's it's it has been since I was like 16 when I was about four and a half feet tall, and it always catches people by surprise. That's bizarre. Me and you should do like a road kind of traveling tour of just. Podcast. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest request when we tweeted out that I that I was doing this was people were just praying that it was in person so that we could take a picture together. Well, you probably, you're around Char all the time, so people, that must kind of Massive. blow it off, I would think. Yes, quite big. Anyways, I thought that was funny. Five foot, that's crazy. My five-year-old daughter is literally almost four and a half feet. She's only <laughs> five years old. She's, she's a monster. Feeling great, feeling great over here. That's crazy. <laughs> all right, anyways, we really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. We, we, we talked to you before this whole Don Cherry thing came about. And Don's a Boston guy, obviously coached in Boston. He's a legend there. What is the take? We know what the take is nationally. We know what the take is in Canada. What's the mood in Boston over there? Like, how is everyone? And what's your take? What, what's, what's going on over there? Yeah, I don't have a great gauge of, of what it's like in Boston. I just actually, uh, I was in Texas uh, over the weekend, and so I haven't been around here. I haven't been off the grid for uh, for the past four days or so. But, yeah, I think j- just generally around here, uh, you know, people like Don Cherry just based on, on, you know, what he's done for the Bruins and sort of, you know, he doesn't hold back in his affinity for the Bruins, even, uh, you know, up in Canada. So, you know, I'm sure that there are people up here that are, that are bummed. But I also think that there's just like – you know, this is a good, good sort of hockey city. And, you know, as far as my, my take, I mean, I think that Don Cherry can be very entertaining. I also think that he can say a lot of dumb things and I think that he can be very divisive and I don't necessarily think that he's a, he's a guy who has grown with the game as, you know, as the game has grown and it has grown a whole lot over the past uh, few decades or so. And I think that he's kind of been stuck in that old school style of, of commentary and of just like approaching the way that he approaches the game. So I don't think it's, it's, you know, from my perspective, it's not a huge loss uh, outside of, you know, maybe uh, whether you want to say it's nostalgia or, 
you know, he's a beloved figure uh, around hockey, or at least was for, for a long period of time. So uh, outside of that, I won't miss him a whole lot, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good take. I, I do agree. He loves the good old boys, the old boys network, the, the way the game should be played. That's, that's Don's thing. And he kind of hasn't evolved when the game has evolved in the last 10, 15 years. So I'm sad to see him go. I grew up with that kid, that guy, and I, I idolized him, you know, growing yeah. up. And it's, uh, it's, it's a sad situation. But anyways, I just wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, and I, I do want to say, like, like, he's had a lot of things that have ticked people off over the past couple of years. But, you know, look back at, at last year, and, and I wrote it at the time. But, like, when he called the Carolina Hurricanes a bunch of jerks, I was immediately – people were dunking all over him and saying that, you know, it was a bad take or whatever. And, and sure, maybe it was. But I wrote immediately at the time that that was a win-win because it's a win for Don Cherry because he says something outlandish and he'll get attention for it. And it's a win for, for Hockey Night in Canada because people will pay, pay attention to it. And it's a win for the Carolina Hurricanes because they embraced it and they just – that became part of their new brand as they were transitioning into – uh, an identity and they never really had a strong identity or at least hadn't for the past decade so like that was a very good thing for the Carolina Hurricanes and I think that we saw that as the year went on and it came out of Don Cherry kind of uh is saying something that people didn't agree with so it's not always a bad thing uh but I think this time it was it was certainly deserved that he got the, the backlash that he did yeah, he stepped over the line a little too much this time. It's sad because he did have that power where he could say something and the whole country would just gravitate towards him. There's not many guys in hockey who have that kind of power. Like if you tweet something, if there's a little blip on the radar. If I tweet something, it's a little bigger blip. But Don, you know, he, he had that kind of weight to him. And it's, it's kind of sad to see him go. It'll be interesting to see who kind of fills his shoes. But right. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. But anyway, I agree. Tim, what do you want to say? Well, John, have you gotten any calls yet about filling your shoes? I've been talking to SportsCenter. I, I uh, text messaged my buddy Jeff Merrick right away. Yeah. I said, let me know. I'm, I'm available. That would be, I would love that. What a dream that would be. Would you move to Toronto for it, though? I would not move to Toronto. I would commute. <laughs> I would commute. That's be- my guy. I, anytime that anybody's uh, refusing to move to Toronto, uh, we're on good terms right now. I don't like the Leafs. And I think that's Hell yes. So it would be an issue where I like going to Toronto. I like the Toronto people. I don't like the Leafs. And I just, I'm not going to budge off that stance. So, hey, if that's going to keep me from hockey in Canada, so be it. Whatever. All right. Anyways, on to, on to a different topic. The Bruins. What are they, 11-0-0 this year? Are they on fire? What's, what's happening in Boston? I pegged them to be on the downward slope. I think they need goaltending. Um, oh, man. I, oh, I, man. I Bad. About that. Off to a bad start there. I I, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Tuka Rask defender. I don't know if you've seen that, but like I uh, I'm a big Tuka Rask guy, and I think that he gets a ton of unfair hate uh, in Boston, and and so I uh, agree with you, Pete. Yeah, I feel I, like Halak's their best goalie. Oh, stop! Oh, no way! Oh, no oh, way! Halak's been great over the past couple of years, but man, Tuka's been elite. Uh, you know, I think that he he took a step back for a couple of years, but over the past few years. Man, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, he's okay, I guess. So what's what's been going right for the Bruins this year? What's been going right? And how how are they gonna keep this up? I keep expecting them to just break a hip because they're all so old. I just don't get how they're so good for so long. 
Yeah, so they've lost three in a row. They lost uh, all three of the games that uh, I uh, was in Texas. So, so maybe I'll uh, I'll put I'll put put my hand up on that one. Um, maybe I should stay in New England because they were doing pretty well when I was here. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, when you look at their success, it, it starts with the with the top line. Obviously, those three guys, uh, Bergeron, uh, Marchand, and Pasternak, they they, they carry that team uh, quite a bit. And I think especially this year, they've they lacked uh, a lot of depth scoring and depth contributions out of the gate. And so it was that top line um, really, really carrying the offense. They were getting great goaltending. The defense looked pretty solid, but most of the offense came from that top line and that power play. So, you know, th- this, it was a similar situation last year as well. Uh, they didn't get a ton of secondary scoring in the beginning, early parts of the year. And then David Krejci sort of found his game last year and had, uh, you know, had almost a career year. And that's really when they started to take off. And then they added a bit at the deadline. So it, I think it's, it's, a, it's promising that they were able to bank as many wins as they were in the early going. And I still think that they're going to need to address the depth uh, up front uh, on that team, especially, you know, the right the right wing second line has been an issue uh, for the past couple of years. And so I'll be, I'll be interested to see sort of how much of a problem that is. Cause it hasn't been too big of a problem so far, but uh, I do think that they're probably going to need to address that at some point this year. And the goaltending. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that that's interesting. Now that we got that Bruins stuff out of the way. Okay. Let's get it. I, I'm interested talking to a writer. So, does the team, the Bruins, have any influence on what you write? Have you ever had any conversations with GMs, presidents, owners to pressure you or to persuade you from not writing a story? No, I've never encountered that. I think that, the you know, I'm very outward about my, my fandom. Like, I, I will not hide the fact that I've, I've been a Bruins fan my entire life. But I still continue to be a Bruins fan. I I personally believe that I can still cover the NHL fairly and 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 you know unbiased even while root, openly rooting for the Bruins I I feel like I can cheer for a team but also see the game from a neutral neutral perspective um you know some people will probably disagree with that but uh so far I think that it's done it I'm I'm happy with where I am right now so I do believe that I can sort of see it from a neutral perspective, even if I, uh, even if I love the Bruins, maybe a little bit more than, than the other 30 teams. Yeah. You and Jack Edwards are super unbiased. I've never really, (laughs) never really assumed or accused you guys of being homers at all. Yeah, definitely not. No, I mean, back in the day, uh, you were not my big, I was not your biggest fan, uh, especially because of some of the uh, the stuff that happened with, with Louis Erickson. And, you know, I, I was open about that. And, and I think that was before, that was like in my college days too. So I was a little more unfiltered and I've, I've chirped you quite a bit on, on the internets. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe that you know, I was a little bit more immature back then. So, did you, did you write a blog in college that no one read? Probably. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. what I figured. Yeah. So that hit was legit clean. Oh, first of all, Tim wrote a blog too in college about that. You guys should be best buds. Yeah. So, P, like, we're about <laughs> the same age, and I'm like exact same boat. I had this little blog in college that no one read, and I hated John. 
I hated for what he did to Louis Erickson. I hated like so much about the the way he played the game. And then the All Star thing came along and just totally flipped me around. I'm like, I love this guy. Now. So let me now get back to let me get back to Louis Erickson. I have played with guys who played with Louis Erickson, and they told me that he gets hit like that consistently because he keeps his head down and at least once or twice a year his helmet's on sideways or backwards because the guy doesn't pay attention after he lets go of a pass or dumps the puck in. I still to this day think that's a clean hit. He dumps it in the corner. I glided into him and I buried him. And he goes down like a sack of potatoes because he's not paying attention. It's a physical game. And then I get teed up for seven games because of what I did in the preseason with the Kessel thing. It was, it was a complete setup job by the league. They were waiting for something to happen. And of course it's versus the Bruins where Jacobs is in the back pocket of Batman. And I get teed up for seven games. It's great. I went into that hearing with Shanahan and he goes, how would you feel like to be Louis Erickson right now? And I go, honestly, guys making seven schmill a year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind to be Louis Erickson. And he goes, that's it. Meeting's over. I got to call the next day, seven games. Couldn't believe yeah. first offense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, like that was uh that was, I mean, you were an easy target back in the day anyway, but uh, you know, I think that that's really sort of what set me off as being a Bruins fan. And I wasn't a, a professional uh, at that point in time. And I definitely, I went a little overboard on some of the things, but then I, I will say, and this is not, not blowing smoke or anything. You can go back and read a lot of the stuff that I wrote about around the all-star game thing. You, you a hundred percent, converted me into a John Scott fan oh, around the All-Star game thing. <laughs> so, a little uh, bit of redemption. Another little question. So how are your relationships? Since you're a Bruins fan, do you ever write articles that are – you criticize players that are a little negative? If, if someone's on a cold streak, would you ever say Marchand needs to back check? Or Char is struggling. He's getting old. He's lost a step. Have you oh, ever – Yeah, had- 100%. Yeah, I, I will. I'm not afraid to criticize the hometown guys, the hometown team. I have some I have relationships with some of those guys. I think that as, as a professional athlete, you have to understand that the, the writers are going to write what's fair and honest uh, based on the way that you're playing, based on the way that the team is playing. And if an athlete's going to get mad, uh, despite a personal relationship, you know, if they're going to get mad about that kind of stuff, then. I think that's more on them than it is on, on the writer. Like yeah. it's, it's my job to write about what I see and write about it honestly. And I'm going to do that. I've written plenty of critical things about the Bruins and, and, and about some of their players and I'll stand behind it a hundred percent because it's just what I see from my perspective, whether or not I'm a fan. Yeah. Players. It's funny. We, we like play this tough game, but we have such a thin skin. And we get, as soon as we read something negative about us, it like just sets us off, especially guys who are, you know, superstars who don't get negative stuff written about them too often. Have you ever had like an interaction with a player after you wrote a negative article or like someone else on the team was like, Hey, heads up, this guy's super upset at you for the article. Has that ever happened in any sport where someone was upset at you for what you wrote? Um, Not, not about like on ice stuff. So I've, I've gotten some feedback and some uh you know some some guys not being particularly thrilled with me after I've written about you know some of the off-ice troubles like uh, legal issues and things like that and it's and my response is the same all the time it's like man I didn't want to write that stuff but you didn't really you didn't really give me a choice it's a it's a news story I'm sorry that it had to be covered but it's you know 
if you're if you're a professional athlete, you get arrested off the ice. Uh, it's a story, and I got to write it because it's my job. So uh, I apologize, but it happens. <laughs> no, no, not Tuca. <laughs> I'm kidding. Speaking of players, do you okay? If I read an article and it says an unnamed source within the team or an unnamed, do you have like deals with players? Like, hey, because I we as players we know guys on our team sometimes who talk to the press, and right. we know they leak information because they're little they're weasels. Do you have <laughs> relationships with guys like that? They'll feed you like a text, be like, hey, heads up, something's going to happen. There's going to be a trade or someone's going to get sent down or there's, there's you know, someone's in hot water. I, I don't want to, to give names, but do you have those kind of inside, you know, moles? No, I, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't feel, I don't necessarily feel comfortable going and asking for that stuff either. And, and guys don't come to me with it. Um, the, the most sort of like communication I have on that front is whether a guy has a contract running up or something and and I'll send him a message being like hey do you want to stay hey are you are you looking places do you know if they're they're gonna you know uh move on or whatever and I'll kind of try to just gauge sort of you know what the outlook might be rather than being like hey give me a scoop give me a give me your deal or whatever I just kind of like to get a general sort of awareness about the direction of a team or the direction of a player. And sometimes I'll go straight to a player for that. Um, but not often like a, Hey, give me what's going on inside the room right now. Kind of deal. Yeah, that's good. Some players on the team, they just, they love being the source for some reason. I don't get it. And the guys in the room know, know who those players oh, are. Sure. I could list off five or six guys who I played with. And then you just don't talk, talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, what kind of divide does that create for, for you guys? You it just... creates a huge, huge, just a huge wedge between the team because you know, this guy it's either with the media or the coaches. So some guys, they tell everything to the coaches like, Oh, this guy went out last night or these guys are doing this. And then the coach knows somehow, and we know it's this guy. So either he's not invited to team events or to parties or to, you know, we're going out for the a bite to eat. This guy never is invited. It's so. funny because it's like any workplace, like, you know, who you have to be careful around, you know, who's like, who's talking to managers, who's talking to other people, who spreads the gossip and rumors. And it's, it's the same way in a hockey team. It sounds yeah, like. There's always weasels everywhere. Yeah. And they get, they get uh, kind of, I guess, weaseled out fairly quickly. All right, Pete, who's been the best players? Oh, can we talk about, do you ever deal with Tom Brady? Ah, uh, no, I, I, God, I wish. I love that guy. You guys are so. Me pathetic. too, Pete. Me too. Uh, I would give my life for that guy. Me and Tim have a bet. He said the Pats are going to make the Super Bowl this year, and I took everybody else. Or he said the Pats will win the Super Bowl. Win, yep, win. I took everybody else. Interesting. Who would, who would you take in that bet? Uh, to win? I, I don't know. I mean, your, your chances are a lot better because uh, the Pats have, have lost the Super Bowl. I think that if, if you're going to – if you propose that to me and say Pats in the Super Bowl – No, or. Or everybody else, I'd take Pats in the Super Bowl. No, it's it's a winning bet. You're gonna lose. Right. You're gonna lose. I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the Patriots because uh, you know what? Because picking against the Patriots is proven stupid time after time. So uh, you know, as somebody who's from New England, I'm not gonna go against the Patriots. I think it's a it's a rough uh, a rough trail to go down if you're betting against them. You want in on the bet, Pete? John's gonna buy us breakfast if we lose. I'm in. We win, I'm yeah. in. Shocker, Pete is picking the home team. What a, what a 
this really good journalism. Listen, when you've done nothing but win championships for the last 20 years, you get a little cocky about it. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, I, I just call it the way I see it, and the way that I see it is the Patriots have won more Super Bowls of the past 20 years than anybody else. So oh, they have it because when you lump everybody in together, everyone's won 14, and they've only won six. So that's 14 is greater than six. We'll see. We will see. And I'm going to have a big-ass breakfast. It's part of my language. I'm going to pour you a bowl of Cheerios. And that's <laughs> it. All right, last question. Who's, who's the best guy you've ever interviewed? Coolest guy? Present company excluded. Yeah. Present company excluded. Um, I guess we're sticking hockey. I mean, PK is a, a great interview. Um, he always, you know, I think especially in hockey, too, where – a lot of the times you're just going to get canned answers. You're going to get, uh, you know, cliches. Uh, PK has always been fun. And another guy that I love, Wayne Simmons is always a, a really, really good interview. And I, I've spoken to him a few times. Um, you know, I, I think that it depends like what you're going for, I suppose. Like if you're going for, for hockey answers and, you know, sort of breaking the game down, you're, you're going to have a different answer as to who the best guy to interview is. But if you're you going for like, picking, are you just picking all the, all the black guys? So you're just, <laughs> no, I mean, group? no, I mean, no, I, I mean, that is the great interview. too. <laughs> no, but those guys do have great personalities. They and do. They're awesome. They I, do. I didn't know that about Wayne, but I know PK is a great guy. That's funny though. Yeah. I mean, Wayne, I, 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 uh, I got him at the all-star game a few times. Uh, or uh, was in, in Tampa a few years ago. I mean, he was awesome, and he, he had so much fun. Uh, and, and I just feel like a lot of the guys, it seems like they're, they're kind of just like they – it feels like they're, you know, they're paying to be there. Yeah. And boring. Wayne, it, it wasn't like that at all. Uh, I think, you know, Nathan McKinnon was great there too as well. That was when, that was when the Avs really, really sucked. And uh, it was that year that they were terrible – and he was really candid about how terrible it was to be a member of the Colorado Avalanche at that time. So, uh, you know, obviously it's not the ideal situation, but I always respect a guy who will give you a candid answer and will be upfront and not just throw a bunch of canned cliches at you. And so um, I think we're starting to break out of that in terms of, you know, guys feeling more comfortable with, uh, with sort of showing a little bit of personality and being open and and rather than just like those those boring robotic guys but i still think we need a lot more of them and, and pk and, and and wayne have been two guys at least for me personally that were a lot of fun nice well yeah speaking of cans interviews this was a great one pete <laughs> i loved you. it no you thank did you. Yeah, it was awesome thank you so Appreciate much it. for uh being on man we'll do it again sometime yeah hell yeah all right pete thank you right. so much Better no pete. problem all right see ya.